following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. What's going on, church family? Man. It's Sunday, which means it's the best day of the week. I know a lot of you think Friday is the best day of the week, but Sunday is the best day of the week for me because I get to see all of your smiling faces and what a joy it is to see you in church today. Man, we don't take it lightly. Listen, we understand um, that we are still in the middle of a pandemic. We understand um, that there's a lot of stuff going on. And there's a lot of places that you could be on a Sunday. And the fact that you woke up, got dressed, that's very important, brought your family to church, it is an honor um, of ours to host you every single Sunday. And we're just expecting and believing for God to do amazing things in your world. And uh, did you hear the conversation uh, between Adam and, and God one day? In fact, Adam was hanging around the garden of Eden, and he was feeling lonely. So God asked him, Adam, what's wrong with you? Adam said, God, I don't have anybody to talk to. I'm kind of lonely over here. And, and God said, you know what, Adam? We are going to do something here. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you a companion, and her name is going to be Woman. And the Lord continued to tell Adam, he said, and this, this lady, she will gather food for you. She will cook for you. <laughs> and when you discover clothing, she will help you pick out your clothes of the things that you need to wear. She will wash your clothes for you. She will always agree with every decision that you make, and she will never nag you, never. She will always be the first to admit when she's wrong, when you're in a disagreement. She will praise you continually. She will bear your children and never ask you to get up in the middle of the night to feed them or to change their diaper. And Adam responded to God with a question and he said, God, what, what will a woman like this cost me? And God said, simply, an arm and a leg. And Adam replied, well, Lord, what can I get for a rib? <laughs> That's pretty funny. What can I get for a rib? Welcome to week two of our relationship series, Till Death Do Us Part. We're glad that you're here. Some of y'all just now getting that right now. And the question that we started asking last week was a very simple one, but it was this. How do we get from road tripping to the rocking chair? Because when you're young and maybe just freshly married, you can say a lot of things. You can make statements like this. Hey, sweetheart, where do you want to go eat dinner tonight? See, when you have kids, you don't make statements like that. No, no, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, or you could also say, hey, you know what? Let's take the week off of work and let's just, let's just road trip to the Grand Canyon, just me and you. Let's go. And that's great. And you can take off and you can go. But here's the question, how do you make it from that season of your relationship to a more seasoned season where one day you're sitting in matching rocking chairs, this is my dream one day, on the back of a porch, 
with a little small table in the middle, holding hands, each with a glass of lemonade, reminiscing over life, really about how awesome it has been to, to raise your family and now the amazing thing that, things that your children are doing for the Lord and just talking about how good God's been. How do you make it from, from the early stages of marriage and relationships to till death do us part? Because in all reality, we said this last week, marriages are failing at an unbelievable rate. Whatever, depending on the study you read or the survey that you, you read that marriages are, are, are failing 50% of the time, somewhere in that area. And that is, that's mind-boggling and it's, it's mind-blowing truthfully. And so uh, it, it's amazing. I, I like to start with questions and I want to ask this question this morning. How many of you have ever made a fool of yourself in the name of love? Yeah, let me see your hands. Come on, keep them up. This is great. You're not by yourself. Yeah. Let me tell you a little experience that, that I had. I, I, there was one time in particular that stands out to me. Cassie and I were dating. We hadn't been dating too long. Um, and I remember I was, uh, we were long distance dating at this time. And I was trying to get creative on what I could get her and, and what I could do. So I came up with an idea. You've done the same of a basket of her favorite things, right? This is, I was man, this is gonna be awesome. Her favorite things, I know all the things that she likes. And we're gonna, I'm gonna surprise her. I had in this basket, there were things like um, just different kinds of chocolate. She loves chocolate. Well, thank God the Lord knew the kind of woman that I needed. <laughs> iTunes gift cards, a basket of her favorite things would would not be complete without a gift card to Target because she lives there when she's not at home. She's at Target. There were, this is, I got her a, like a, a jar of La Madeleine's tomato basil soup. I don't know where that one came from. That was, that was a weird one, but apparently, like we don't even eat that anymore, but maybe that long ago, that was one of her favorite things that maybe it was my favorite thing and I was just hoping for, I don't know. There were slippers in there, in this basket of her favorite things. And I don't even know if this is still a thing, but it was many moons ago. I had some Kate Spade sunglasses. I was like, man, this is good. That was like, that was like the, the great, you know, like I spent the most money on that. Like, yes, this is good. She's going to like this. But then there was one thing that I, I had to kind of stretch myself. You know, you know, you just, am I going to, either you really go for it or you don't. You either put yourself all the way out there or you just hold back because this could either be really amazing or it could be really lame. There is no in-between. You know what I'm saying? Like, just make yourself a fool for the sake. And I got some friends. Will you guys join me out here? So this was the last remaining item in the gift, the basket that I made for my wife. Some of y'all already judging me. This is funny. Okay. <laughs> Nothing says I love you like a blanket with your pictures on it. Happy, oh, weird picture. Valentine's, we're making some really weird faces. Day 2004 and another, at some point, Cass, I'm sorry. I thought these were actually good pictures of us. I apologize now. But nothing says I love, like I just went all, it was even embarrassing for me to have to, to go to the store because you couldn't do it online back then, y'all. This was like, Cassie and I dated before text messaging was a thing. People are like, what? 
text messaging hasn't been around forever. No. Nothing says I love you. Wow. Here's the good part. Thank you, guys. You, you don't have to stand there any longer. We won't. The, the good part is, well, she's never used it. Let me just tell you that. She, she's never used the blanket. But the best part about it, she didn't throw it away either. So at least we're, we're trending in the right direction. And she loved it in the moment. I don't know. I didn't know where it was. I had to ask her. I said, babe, do, do you still have, did you keep? Well, yeah, she knew right where it was. I went and found it like, this is amazing. But, but we do things just goofy sometimes for the cause of love. You do it, I do it, and here's the reason why. And it's very simple. If you're taking notes, you can jot this down. It's because by nature, we pursue what we don't have. We'll do goofy things to pursue things that we don't have. And what, what happens is years later, when you wake up and you don't feel the love, road tripping season of your relationship has, has passed. And what happens? And one day suddenly you think that, man, where is the intimacy gone? Where did the adventure go in our relationship? Where did the, the romance go? And I have a feeling that, that if you were to trace it back, you just might be able to trace it back to the idea that somewhere our priorities got out of line and we stopped pursuing one another. I just have a feeling that that if, you, if you're wondering where, where it's gone or why the flame has gotten smaller when it used to burn so bright, I, I have a feeling that you might be able to trace it back to you're not pursuing one another the way that you have in the past. Think about this. Is there any other area of your life, is there any other area of your life that you can be lazy in and see improvement? Think about your body working out. Can you, can you get in shape by being lazy? No. You can, you can buy that ad on late night TV for that belt that tries to give you a six pack and it just shakes your abs. It don't work. You gotta watch what you eat and you gotta work out. You can't, it don't, you can't be lazy that way. What about in your business? Can you not lead your company well? Can you not manage the finances well and see growth and improvement in your company? It doesn't work that way, nor would you ever even attempt to do that. What about for those of you that love landscaping in your yard? Can you have, in, have a wonderful front and backyard if you're lazy? No, it won't work that way. Weeds are going to start growing, and you're going to have to do some major renovation if you're not careful because weeds will take place of everything in your yard because you can't be lazy and see growth and improvement. It just doesn't work that way. And so last week we came to this conclusion and it was very simple, but it was uh, very powerful at the same time that God will be my first priority. God is my number one and my spouse will always be my number two. We've got to protect the priorities. God's always one and my spouse is always two. And today, if you're taking notes, here's kind of the, the statement that we're going to land on today. And it's this idea. It's that I will always pursue my number two. I will always pursue my number two. And we've been looking in the book of Genesis chapter 2 last week. And we're going to dive right back in there today, uh, looking at verse 24. But scripture would say it like this way. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is what? United to his wife, and they become one flesh. 
And I want to dive into this, this word united for just a moment. And I'll break it down to, to make it try to make sense here. But the root word in, in the Hebrew language that's translated as united is a word called debak. Debak. And the word means this, to, to cling to or adhere. It means to, to catch by pursuit. Or it means to pursue hard with affection and devotion. They were united, debak, as one flesh. In fact, let me show you three different ways throughout Scripture uh, that, that debak is translated. Uh, the Hebrew language is beautiful. It's different than the English language in the sense that, that it, it really is kind of like a, a picture is, is how the words would be more like a mini story. And so Psalm chapter 63, verse 8, Debak is translated this way, I will follow close behind you. It's also a stalker's favorite verse. <laughs> I will follow close behind you. Job 41 and 17 translates Debak this way, they joined fast to one another, they cling together and cannot be parted. Judges 20 and 45, the King James Version translates the Bach this way. They pursued hard after them. They were, they were united. And so our passage in, in Genesis just might, it, it possibly could read this way. They pursued hard after one another and therefore they became one flesh. One of my favorite stories in the word of God uh, especially relationally, is a very beautiful story of pursuit. And this story will come as no surprise. Found in Genesis chapter 29, it's the story of Jacob and his love for Rachel. And if you're not familiar with the story, let me quickly catch you up. There were two sisters. There was Leah, who was the older sister, and then there was Rachel, the younger sister. And the Bible says, that, the Bible is funny. The Bible is very blunt sometimes. And in this particular instance. The Bible is extremely blunt. The Bible says literally that Rachel was beautiful and that Leah had weak eyes. <laughs> Y'all, I don't even know what that means, but that doesn't sound good. Like, y'all have done this before, ladies, gentlemen, both of you. Oh, yeah, he's cute. He's got such a great personality, right? Like, this is where that began, friend-zoned, like immediately right here. Jacob loved the younger sister. He says, man, I, I want to marry this woman. I'll do whatever it takes to marry her. And her dad Laban said, hey, fair, fair enough. Here, here's, here's the price. You have to work for me for seven years to marry my daughter Rachel. Work for me for seven years. And the imagery is beautiful here. Jacob worked seven years, and Scripture says that time passes quickly because he is so in love with her. Seven years of manual labor, and time passes quickly because he is so in love with her. It's like, man, I'm doing, I'm doing this because I love her, and I can't wait to be with her. Well, the father pulled the old switcheroo, <laughs> and instead of the younger sister, Rachel, he was to marry Leah, the older sister. And Jacob said, hold up. No, no, no. This was not the deal. She's, she's cute. She's got a great personality. But Rachel, 
She's the one that, that, that I have been pursuing. She's the one that I've been working so hard for. And the father says, well, in our country, it is customary and proper to give the older daughter first. And he's like, well, I, that's not, that's not, I didn't, we know we didn't agree on that. And a lot of people think, this is, this is beautiful, really. A lot of people think that Jacob had to work seven more years before he could finally marry Rachel. But that's not what happened at all. In fact, what happened The father, Laban, went ahead and allowed him to be with Rachel. But he still had to continue to work those seven years. And here's the beauty of it. And here's what I want you to understand when we're talking about pursuing your number two. It's really, really, it's really simple, but it's so profound. And you've got to catch this. Jacob worked for Rachel after he already had her. After, after they were already together, Jacob did not stop working for her. He said, no, 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 this is the, I will do whatever I have to do for the woman that I love. And I want you to catch that today when we're talking about pursuing your spouse. This is vitally important that pursuit doesn't stop when you say I do. Pur- pursuit doesn't stop when you sign the marriage license, that's, no, 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 no. You have to pursue your number two even after you're already together. This is vital if you're going to have a God-honoring marriage. And I think it's in so many ways what, what God wants for your marriage is that God's always gonna be number one. My spouse will always be number two, but I commit to you husband or wife, that I will always pursue my number two. And what happens? What happens? You start dating. What do you do? You pursue one another when you're dating, right? Because you tend to work for things that you don't have. And so you're pursuing one another. You do everything. You get foolish in the name of love. You make baskets of her favorite things with blankets with goofy pictures on it. And you have your own story, so don't laugh at me. You will buy, you know, a room full of unicorns and just surprise her because she said unicorn one time and you're like, she must love unicorns. I don't know. You will make mixtapes. Come on, I know some of y'all. You used to make mixtapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll put songs like Boys to Men and you'll put a song like, I'll make, you can't put that song on there. You love Jesus and you're not married yet. Come on. But then you'll follow it up with a little Phillips, Craig, and Dean, and mercy came running. Because you want to see, you want to be spirit, you want to know that you love the Lord, but not that you're like weird, you know, like, whoa. No, yeah, you make these mixtapes. You get crazy. Why? Because I'm pursuing her. You're pursuing him. You tend to work for the things that you don't have. Let me talk to those of you in the room that perhaps are not married. Maybe you're, you're in a dating relationship and if you'll receive a little bit of wisdom from, from me this morning, if you're dating someone right now and there is not mutual pursuit, I would encourage you to reevaluate the relationship. If there's not mutual pursuit, you need to re evaluate the relationship. Ladies, if he's not doing something that resembles a date every once in a while, like if he's not putting on decent clothes, 
that have been washed within the last month. I mean, that's fine. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. If he hasn't trimmed up the old beard, you know, since he got off the cat, just trim it up a little bit, honey. Maybe you spray on some cologne. Maybe he takes you to Taco Bell instead of McDonald's. I don't know. He needs to do something. <laughs> then you might need to reevaluate the relationship. Why? Because, hear me, ladies, you are worth pursuing. You are worth pursuing. And ladies, if you're not writing a little love note every once in a while, I heard a man say, come on. <laughs> I love it. I love the responses that I get in messages like this. It is so much fun. I can't tell you how much joy it brings to my heart. If you're not writing love notes every once in a while, just making him feel special to show interest, to show that he's valued to you, this, this should be a huge red flag, especially while you're dating because you're, you're pursuing in hot fashion. And it might be time to reevaluate the relationship. And, and let's get practical for a moment, okay? Let, let's talk practically about this. See, nobody gets into a marriage and thinks, wow, man, I just, I want my marriage to fail. We're going to give this a go. And then seven years down the road, we're just going to call it quits. And we're going to just try to, you know, you can have the kids on this weekend. I'll have the kids on this. We'll just see what happens. No, nobody. Nobody goes into a relationship with that as the end goal. That, that's just not the way that it works at all because we all have good intentions, so the question becomes today, how do we close the gap between our intentions and our actions? How can we close the gap between things that you want to do and actually walking them out in your life? And I want to share with you today two small principles, practical relationship, biblical principles that you can put into place in your relationship and you can start moving towards a God-honoring marriage. And the first thing that I want you to recognize is this is your criticism to appreciation ratio. Your criticism to appreciation ratio. I think we're all really good at pointing out, you don't do this, you don't do that. Why do you do it this way? We're, we're good at pointing out when things don't go wrong or, or go the way that we want. It's easy for us to voice those. But sometimes it's more difficult, and I don't really know why, it's more difficult to voice those moments of appreciation. But what if, what if, I, I'm just curious what your marriage would look like. Instead of being critical, what if every time you think something good about your spouse, you say it? What, what would happen? First of all, husbands, your wife would look at you and be like, who in the world are you? That would probably be the first response. But I promise you, things just as, as simple as that, when you think something good about your spouse, what if you just chose to verbalize it? Instead of verbalizing the negative, the things that you don't like, what if you told her, you told him the things that you, you did like and how amazing he is or how amazing she is or wow, thank you for doing this. We forget please and thank you a lot of times when we're married. Hebrews chapter 3 says it this way, but what, what are we to do 
We are to encourage one another daily, as long as it's called a day, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Come on, if you want to keep the deceitfulness of sin out of your marriage, what if you encourage your spouse every day? I'm telling you, your relationship would start moving in a God-honoring direction. Gentlemen, let me talk to you for just a moment. This is going to be fun. Because I'm talking to me too. What if you pursued her with words of affection? Now, here's where it gets difficult for you fellas. Non-sexual affection. To which all the men are saying, there's such a thing, really. <laughs> Non-sexual affection. For those of you that are still confused, it's affection that is non-sexual. Because you know a man can make anything sexual, right? It's like a spiritual gift. Sweetheart. Sweetheart, dear baby, I love you. Um, can you turn the oven on, please? Oh, I can turn your oven on. Like what? It doesn't even make sense. Hey, baby, can you fold the clothes? Oh, yeah, I can fold your clothes. Yeah. What? What if this, guys? Listen, I'm helping you right now. This is going to help you. What if practically, you're probably good about saying I love you to your spouse. That's pretty, that's pretty standard. We can do that. But what if you did this? What if you said I love you because? It's going to help you verbalize what you feel. And men aren't great sometimes verbalizing what's going on. But I challenge you, I challenge you men. Say I love you, it's important. But say I love you because, and then just take 10 seconds and tell her why you love her. And here's another piece of wisdom, and please try this. Don't say the same thing every single day. <laughs> try something different tomorrow. I love you because, I'm telling you, you start implementing these things. She knows it's coming. I just preached this, but she's still going to smile about it when you tell her when you get home. Because she wants to hear you say why you love her. It's important to her. It's important. Pursue her with words of non-sexual affection. Sweetheart, I love you. I love you because... I know the business hasn't gone the way that we thought it would. But you have been by my side. You've loved me through it all. You start to express your heart. And then what happens? She starts to express her heart. And intimacy that you thought was gone starts to be rekindled. Let me, ladies, let me talk to you for a second. Ladies, I would say this, that pursue him with words of affirmation. Now here, here's the key, and this is what you may not understand, is that your spouse is becoming who you see him as. Whew. Your spouse is becoming who you see him as. Can I tell you, 
one of the most impactful moments for me, and this is just me, this has nothing really to do with you. One of the, Cassidy is so good about words of affirmation, and I, I, that's, I need it from her. But one of the most powerful things that she does is I will finish preaching today, I'll pray, I'll dismiss you, I'll walk off this platform, I'll put my iPad down, I'd go over there first because I'm afraid I'll lose my Bible and my iPad if I don't put it down first before I walk to the lobby. And she'll lean over, she'll say, hey babe, knocked it out of the park today. Now I know, I know whether I feel like I did a good job or not, right? But she knows and she's not lying to me. She loves me. She always thinks that I could do the worst job in the world. She thinks I did a good job. <laughs> and I appreciate what you guys think, but I'm telling you, there's nothing that means more than when she speaks words of affirmation over my life. I'm, I'm becoming who she sees me as. I'm more confident when she sees me as doing a good job. I walk out here looser, easier, just with less tension when, when she sees me as good at what I love to do. And ladies, I'm telling you, he is becoming who you see him as. If you want him to be more of a spiritual leader of your family, stop telling him what he is not. I'm just, I'm helping you. Don't Stop telling him, baby, you're not this, you're not this, you don't do this. He wants to take his ball and go home. But instead, what if you started honoring every single moment? What? Okay, let's think of whatever the next holiday is. Let's, let's just move to Thanksgiving because it's by my birthday and I like it. <laughs> what if you want him to be more of a spiritual leader and he, you, you never see him pray, but for some reason... You've asked him to pray over Thanksgiving, and he gives you this, hold hands, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, thank you, Lord. Every, okay, that's the prayer that he gives you. And you're like, what if instead of saying, ooh, honey, on Thanksgiving, you give the dumbest, why would you pray like that? Because that's what you're thinking, and it's okay. <laughs> but what if you walked up to him knowing that you want him to be a stronger spiritual leader in your house, and you just put your arm around him, and you whispered in his ear, Sweetheart, I love it when you pray. That is, I know you said rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. <laughs> but I felt the Holy Spirit right there. <laughs> what? My God, I'm going to pray. Family, grab hands again. We're going to pray right now. What if you started speaking and speaking life into the little things that he is doing right? Because I promise you, he is becoming how you see him. Build him up with words of affirmation. Let me say it this way for, for both men and women. Men, she wants to know, do you love me today? Ladies, he wants to know, do you believe in me today? So anytime we're going to watch criticism to appreciation ratio, by any time that we, we think something good, we're going to say it. And here's the second one that I want you to understand before we wrap up today, and it's when you think something special, do it. Don't just think it. Walk it out. Take that leap of faith. Take that, be willing to look foolish again. 
for the sake of love, the person that God has put in your life. James 4 and 17, if we can loosely apply this to marriage, watch. It says, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. And this is, guys, this is counterintuitive to your thinking and to my thinking. And I wouldn't have even believed it was true had my wife not set me down just plain as day and just directly told me that this is true. That's how, that's how goofy I am sometimes. She just got to sit me down, just make it plain. I tell her, babe, don't, don't beat around. You've got to tell me exactly how it needs to be because I don't want to miss the mark. If you've got younger kids at home, younger kids is the key here, by the way. One of the most romantic things that you can do is to take those dirty little sweaty little kids, <laughs> put them in the bath, bathe them without your wife asking you to do it, walking them, I'm already getting hand claps from mamas, I see it all across. <laughs> Walk them to their bedroom, tuck them in, say, baby, mommy's gonna come, right? She's gonna come give you a, a good night kiss, but daddy's gonna take care of this tonight. And that is, that is the least romantic thing that I've ever thought of in my life, for me. But Cassidy said, Brad, I can't tell you. Like, that gets me fired up, and if it gets her fired up, well, then I'm automatically fired up. <laughs> Guess who bathes the kids every night now? <laughs> you think that's by accident? No! will always pursue my two. Always pursue my two. Last week we made the commitment that God will always be my number one. Our spouse will be number two. And today we're saying I will always pursue you, my number two. Let me wrap this up. Let you go eat lunch with this, with this thought. If you don't like what you're getting out of a relationship, out of your marriage, if you're sick and tired of what you're getting from your spouse, maybe you should look at what you're giving. Just if you're tired of, of what you're getting, what if you evaluated what you're, what you're giving? Ask yourself, what can I do to give this marriage? What can I do for my marriage to honor God, what can I do to pursue my two? Because here's what I know about you. Because you're just like every other person that I've ever met. There was a time that you did. There was a time that you did pursue that person in your life. You were crazy in love. You did crazy things. You had blankets sewn up from random strangers and it took courage for you to do that. And now you look back and you're embarrassed by it because those pictures are goofy but you love it too because you did crazy things as you're pursuing your two and it can't stop today but somewhere along the way it happens doesn't it if you're not careful if you're not intentional you you don't necessarily want to be lazy in it but you've become lazy over time in it and weeds have begun to to sprout up in your marriage Issues go unresolved because you stopped pursuing your two. Ladies, you are worth pursuing 
Men, you are worth being pursued after. Just stand with me. And I want you to leave here with good news because here's what I know about many of us in the room, many of us watching online today, is that there's a, there's a good number of couples in this room that would say, we haven't, we haven't been getting this right lately. Oh, she knows I love her. He knows I love her. I'm not going anywhere. She's not going anywhere, but it's just, it's not as good as it could be. And it's not as great as God has intended for it to be. And I got good news for you today. It can change starting today. It can get better because you know what to do. That's the great part. You know what to do. Start pursuing him. Start pursuing her. Use words of affirmation. Words of non-sexual affection. And watch what happens. It's amazing. I'm telling you. You will start moving in the direction of a God-honoring marriage and you're going to start having a smile. You're going to start walking through H-E-B holding hands again. Come here, baby. Come here. And what, what will happen is that you will, you will move from road tripping to the rocking chair. And you'll be able to drink lemonade while you're holding hands, loving each other instead of resenting each other. Because you always pursued your two, the little warm feelings, fuzzies that you used to feel will start coming back again. That love, that romance that you once had that you desire, but you don't even know how to start the conversation will start to be rekindled again. To get what you once had, you've got to do what you once did. If you're in the room today, if you're at home watching online and your spouse is with you, here's what I want you to do. Why don't you take them by the hand? Maybe it's comfortable for you to put your arm around them. I don't need you making out in church. That's not what we're asking. Y'all do that when you get home. But I want to pray for you. Because we believe, we believe in your marriage as a church. We believe in the fact that God has brought you together. The church is better when your marriage is stronger. Your kids are better when your marriage is stronger. So Lord, right now, God, I thank you for every couple represented in this room, every couple represented online today. And I pray right now that as I know the enemy would attack relationships and probably even more so after we take a couple of weeks to preach the importance of God-honoring marriages, I know the enemy will begin to attack if he hasn't already. And I speak against it right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for peace. I pray for joy. I pray for love to be restored in these relationships. God, and I'm excited about what you're doing in the marriages of this house. Lord, bless them, keep them, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Hey, before, before you leave, listen. Fellas, I got one piece of parting wisdom, and you're going to thank me for this. 
when you go to buy your, your wife flowers next time, I wish this was original with me, I read this and I love it. Send them to her in front of a bunch of other ladies. The brownie points go through the roof. God bless you, have a great rest of your weekend. We'll see you on Wednesday night.